This is the movie Hall of Fame. Robin? What was that? Robin! It's not Boy Wonder! Ow. I thought, for a second, I thought you were doing Burgess Meredith or something like that. <laughs> Rock! <laughs> this is the movie Hall of Fame for <laughs> Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. Class of Batman. <laughs> I was hoping he'd say it. We're doing a bat cast. Yeah. yeah, we're not the first, by the way. No, and we certainly won't be the last. I feel like this is, this is like a podcast cliche. Yes. A bat cast. Yes. It has to be. Well, how many Batman podcasts do you suppose there are? God, I don't fucking know. There must be about 100 in Kevin Smith's category alone. (laughs) Kevin Smith's network (laughs) has like 10 concurrent Batman shows. See, that's probably not an exaggeration. A good fraction of that is just devoted to Batman and nothing else. His name is Fat Man. Yes. (laughs) Fat Man on Batman. Yeah. Pretty good show, by the way. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of, or listened rather to a couple of them. They're Kevin Smith is by far and away a better podcaster than he is a filmmaker. You've expressed that sentiment oh, before. It's, it's not it's, even close. It might be true. Yeah. yeah, it might be very. By the way, that theme it might be the least representative theme I've I've ever heard in terms of representing its character. Hmm. I wouldn't. I mean, if I had never heard that before and I didn't know what it was associated with, I think the last thing I would think of is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So today is the premiere of Joker nationwide. Today uh, is, yes. Yeah, um, coming to theaters today. And, I, and I've seen it. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've seen it. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on the depiction of incels? Uh, I, I re- well, I relate to it quite a bit. <laughs> Joker's coming out tonight. Uh, we haven't seen it yet in podcast land, but we will see yes. it, and uh, we're going to get back to you with a yes. long review. I'm mm. sure a very long and complicated I, review. I hope it's both of those things. Yes. It sounds like it's stacking up to be long and very complicated, especially. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to like a three-hour Joker conversation a okay. little bit. But for now, to get into the spirit, we're going to go back through the history of film and look for our six favorite Batman movies mm-hmm. and induct one of them into the Movie Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, so this is really exciting. Your six nominees for induction are Batman, colon, the movie, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman, colon, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Begins, and The Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. Now, some may question, why isn't The Dark Knight on this list? Well, well us fucking assholes already did the year 2008. <laughs> We should have thought ahead. We didn't. We did the year 2008, and we inducted The Dark Knight into the Movie Hall of Fame as representative of the year 2008, because I think it's the best movie of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's in the past now. We're going to now induct a second Batman movie (laughs) into the Movie Hall of Fame. Dark Knight is disqualified for the purposes of this episode. What hacks we are. Yeah. That's too bad. We really screwed that one up, I think. But then again, what the hell were we going to induct? Right. Yeah, I mean, Slumdog Millionaire? I don't know. I guess maybe Tropic Thunder? Doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Doubt. Doubt in the Movie Hall of Fame. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, And it also, I think, leads to a more interesting conversation today, because I think there is actually some suspense as to what movie's going to get in. I agree. You know? Yeah, it's it's not remotely clear, honestly. Right. The Dark Knight would have been the obvious choice. Yes. So that's disqualified. And we nominated these six movies at the end of last year. Um, and I, I guess I'll let you speak for your nominees, but I tried coming up with a list of very eclectic nominees 
to be able to have a full discussion of this series because it's a really interesting series. Well, as did I, though. That's part of the reason why uh, my nominees are there. Well, I guess you you came back with it, too, with the the Batman the movie, which actually helped. I think what we ended up nominating is a a nice... representative variety of Batman movies that tells you everything you need to know about its history. Sure. Um, I also realized, so I prepare notes every week for this Mm -hmm. podcast, um, and I started researching, and what I quickly realized is that I have a lot of thoughts on Batman movies. (laughs) I I am very opinionated when it comes to this subject, and I didn't think I was until I started reading, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is a very important series to me. Yeah. Yeah. This, like, defined a lot of my life in terms of, like, my viewing habits and the way I look at film and criticism. I talked about it at length with The Dark Knight, but these other movies, too, I've seen a number of times. Surprisingly, yeah. Like, I'm looking back on it. I cannot believe how many times I've seen Batman Returns. Oh, God, no. You know? I saw Batman Returns before I saw plain old Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very weird, the relationship that I have to these movies and what I'll be bringing to today's podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a fun conversation. I think so too. Yeah. 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 And funny for a few of them. Sure. Uh, so those are your six nominees. I do want to mention there are some honorable mentions. Yeah. Some movies that we didn't put in. Um, in total, let me count these up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Okay. So including Joker, there have been... If you include Joker coming out today, 16 movies featuring Batman in some way, shape, or form that have been in movie theaters. What the fuck? Two of them are old serials, like 15-part serials. 1943 and 1949 saw the release of Batman and Batman and Robin. Um, Those are movies that aren't heavily (laughs) circulated, but technically they were theatrically released. Um, You have Batman Forever from 1995 and Batman and Robin from 97. Mm Mm-hmm. Took uh, every part of me not to nominate one of those two movies. God, you're so... What's the matter with you? Why would you do that? Because I... Um, I don't know. I have a lot of affection for them. Sue me, man. Ironic affection? Yeah, sure. Okay. Call it that. Dude, I really like Batman Forever. Why? I kind of like Eddie Murphy in that movie. I'm not... I, if, wow. I don't know why I just said Eddie Murphy. Val Kilmer? Tom... Tommy Lee Jones, James, <laughs> Jim Carrey. Reset. I really like Jim Carrey in that movie. <laughs> okay, very different person. <laughs> Could not be more different. One is black, the other is white. <laughs> I was just talking about Eddie Murphy with a friend of mine, and I think that's why it just slipped out. You know what? Now that I think about it, they're very similar. <laughs> very similar. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Why did I <laughs> say that? I like Jim Carrey in that movie. Okay. You're, you're the only person who likes Jim Carrey in that movie. I, don't know, I like the Riddler. And I really like Tommy Lee Jones, too. And I don't hate Val Kilmer's Batman. I don't know if I like anybody in that movie. It's cool, though, that we're getting another Riddler coming out pretty soon. Played by the great Jonah Hill. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I hear that he's in an undisclosed role. It's it's the Riddler. You sure it's not the Penguin? Yep. Okay. Yep. So here's the problem with the Riddler, is he's exactly the same as the Joker, just not as cool. Uh, kind of. Essentially. I mean, there's there Riddler has its fan base, but I I don't know. I mean, essentially, yeah, I guess he kind of is the same, but he has a he has a different kind of personal connection to, to Batman. I mean, I guess they all do. Yeah. I don't know. He is. He is in like like 
Like, I don't know. What's the, like, he's like RC Cola. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not quite even Pepsi. He's no. just RC Cola. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the Riddler in a second, actually. I have some notes on him. Uh, then you got all the new movies post Dark Knight Rises, none of which we nominated, including Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. That one. Suicide Squad. That one, too. Justice League. And I don't even fucking know. I haven't seen it. Me neither. I didn't bother. Isn't that so weird? Uh, it, well, in hindsight, I guess. It, or, well, if we're, you know, looking looking forward and coming up with the idea that we would not be excited for a Batman movie. Right. Or that we would hate a Batman movie at all. A Batman team-up movie. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That movie came out two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it's been widely forgotten. And rightfully so. I, I mean, think. the fact that I didn't even flip it on when it was on HBO or... No, I had no interest. I didn't see clips. I know nothing about the... I couldn't tell you who the villain in the movie was. I don't know. I don't know who it is either. I don't know who the villain is. No. I don't know what the plot is. Yeah, me neither. I, it's strange. It's very bizarre. Superman comes back. Okay, yeah, I assume that. But that's, you know, like, who gives a shit? Just the fact that that was two years ago, and it's just now completely forgotten. That whole, I mean, the DCEU, whatever you, you want to call it, that thing is just a disaster, isn't it? Well, did you see the Harley Quinn trailer? Today? Yeah, it premiered when I was going to see It. Oh. Very, like, like in, in such a jarring fashion. Like it, 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 Are you, really? That yeah. was in the, really? Yeah, well, it showed itself off as if it was going to be the opening of It, and then Harley Quinn comes out of nowhere and, like, pops the balloon or something like that and says, oh, this is a trailer for another movie or something. And that's the one that hit the internet today? No, 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 not today. But uh, There's a new one that hit today. It really, oh, I didn't see that one. No. Yeah. So the one I saw today looks, I wouldn't say, it's very visually similar to Joker. I don't think, like, it clearly has a kind of perverse sense of humor about it. Yeah. And it, it has, I guess it's closer tonally to Suicide Squad than Joker, but it really seems like they're aiming for the fences. Okay. And I just think, like, that's what Warner Brothers is doing with the DC Universe now. Maybe they, well, because they just totally botched it. Yeah. Like, totally. I mean, I don't think any of those first movies have any clue what they're doing or any sense of identity, really. Right. It's just a mess. Right. So, I kind of have a feeling, like... Starting with Joker, even if you go back to Shazam or Wonder Woman, um, they're they're trying to carve out this distinct corner for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Wonder Woman looks very similar. That seems to be a through and through war period piece. Yeah, World War Two period piece. Um, they're really making artistic, ambitious movies with mainstream characters and big budgets. So we'll see if that works. I. I have a feeling a few of them will swing and miss. I don't think the Birds of Prey movie is going to be particularly good <laughs> based on the trailer, but it definitely looks like it's of a piece with Joker. So maybe okay. we're moving in the right direction. I don't know. Eh, who the hell knows? Yeah. It, well, we'll have to see how Joker plays out first and foremost. Sure. Yeah. That can go a number of ways. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the only movie that I did not nominate that I really wanted to nominate, and I thought about it after the fact, the Lego Batman movie. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? No. It's good. Yeah, I heard it was good. It's yeah. solid. Okay. Yeah. I like the Lego movie quite a bit, so. It's not as good. Okay. Yeah, Lego movie is way better. But no, this one is solid. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's fun. It's got heart. Um, the the performances are quite funny. Will Arnett as, uh, is it Will Arnett as Batman? Yeah, yeah, Will Arnett. And then Zach Galifianakis is the Joker. Yeah, it's all really fun. Okay. All and right. it gets kind of absurd toward the end, but. It's the Lego. It's a Lego movie. Yeah. Who cares if it's absurd? I remember seeing it and being pleasantly 
amused. So, all right, all right. Yeah, that's there. I should I should probably see it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's dig in. Okay. We'll, we'll go in chronological order here. How about that? And we'll start with the oldest. Chron- Do you have them set up in chron- chronological? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the order they came out. Okay. Okay. Let's let's try it. All right. We'll begin with 1966's Batman the Movie, directed by Leslie H. Martinson, written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., also the creator of the television series of the same name. Uh, Lorenzo Semple Jr., I found out in my research, is like a fairly high-profile screenwriter. I don't know if you know this. He also wrote Three Days of the Condor, Papillon, and The Parallax View. That's shocking, (laughs) given this entire series. Yeah, so the guy actually worked in, like, Oscar bait spy thrillers for a while huh is was this just him venting or well i think this is where he got his start i think this tv show paid for all the other stuff so we uh, okay okay this got his foot in the door i thought he was cleansing his palate with batman or something (laughs) no batman was i believe his his big break wow um lorenzo semple jr starring adam west burt ward lee merriweather cesar romero and of course burgess meredith Mm. the world-class dick man Yes. Uh, the dynamic duo faces four supervillains who plan to hold the world for ransom with the help of a secret invention that instantly dehydrates people. Uh, I watched this movie for the first time. <laughs> instantly dehydrates people? That's the stupidest sounding thing ever. <laughs> I watched this movie for the first time yesterday, and you rewatched it today, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, sue me. I think this is a fun movie. Oh, it's it's a ton of fun. It's supremely stupid. Yeah. But like, Jesus Christ, this movie is so goddamn entertaining. It's so entertaining! <laughs> I can't even like talk about this movie like critically. It's just like, yeah, this is a dumb, fun movie. And it knows what it is. Especially when you see signs in the back that say Top Secret or or Penguin Bait or, <laughs> or Joker Jokes. <laughs> Riddler riddles, that kind of shit. You know what my favorite part was? <laughs> what? I realized when they're in the secret lair, they have a filing cabinet, and <laughs> it says on the top, confetti. <laughs> and it's sorted. Like, the first drawer is red, second drawer is yellow, third drawer is green. So they, they sort their confetti based on colors, and they put it in filing cabinets. <laughs> this whole thing is ridiculous. I don't even know if it's entirely my kind of thing, but, like... It, <sighs> There's some there is something oddly charming about it all. I mean, if you buy into it all. Right. So, did uh you watch the show at all as a kid? No. 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 I've seen plenty of episodes, but I I never grew up watching it. I've only seen a couple. I haven't seen that many. Okay, yeah. Uh we did one for why is this a thing a few weeks ago or a few years ago, I yeah, should yeah. say. The, uh, the Liberace one. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. The Liberace one. Yeah. Um and that was a ton of fun. Actually, when Adam West died, that's when we did. That. Oh yeah, that's right. So that was back in 2017. Yeah, uh, Zach is a huge Batman. The series. He's fan. a. He's. I think he cites it as his favorite Batman and favorite Joker and all that other stuff. Like it's crazy. He adores these. I think I find that very surprising. Do you? In a way, yeah. Given Zach's personality, yeah. Huh, it doesn't for me at no, all. I, I, I feel like it lines right up. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have said that he would have said that this is his favorite over The Dark Knight, you know? Well, Zach's the type of guy that can be charmed by an old school sensibility. Very true. I mean, he loves the old James Bond movies for a similar yeah. reason. He loves the Roger Moore movies. I know. Which adores is, them. Which I don't get. 
that, he, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I think Zach is prone to some cheese every now and again. And he really enjoys some cheese. <laughs> well, and, and these movies are full of cheese. These movies are nothing but cheese. Yeah. So Batman the movie came out in between the first and second season yes. of the original show. And I don't know how long the original show ran, but it was quite popular and it yes. was around for a while. And I think for the next couple decades came to define America's relationship with Batman. Strangely. Right? Yeah. Even though it's widely known that this is very, very different from the way Batman is, I guess you could say, supposed to be portrayed in the comics. Sure, based on the comics. Yeah. Um, I mean, we played that song at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. And everyone knows that song. I know. And it's kind of interesting. You play that song and it gets people pumped up and it's like, yeah, Batman. <laughs> but if you play like a part of the Hans Zimmer score, I'm not sure everyone in America could identify what the song is from. They might recognize it, but they might not know where it comes from specifically. Right. They're like, what is that? I know that. Right. That, that would be their reaction. So for all people want to say about the Dark Knight and how culturally significant it is, this is really Batman for people. In a lot of ways, yeah. Certainly like my dad. My dad still throws this on every once in a while and just laughs his ass off. My mom hates it, of course, because my mom hates <laughs> most things like this but uh yeah like like a lot of people a lot of a lot of like our parents enjoy this stuff a lot of older generations they kind of grew up on it and i i get it yeah i get it and like like i said i i enjoy this for what it is that doesn't necessarily mean it's my source of batman (laughs) right so um here's what you have to remember like the movies are comedies they are meant to be comedies this one yeah I think sometimes, like, you think, oh, it was just the 60s, it was a simpler time, they didn't know how goofy this would look like in comparison (laughs) to the new Batman movies, and I guess they didn't have that foresight, but at the same time, this is not trying to be what the new Batman movies are. No, not at all. You know, this isn't necessarily an appropriate adaptation. I don't think, like, uh, Lorenzo Semple Jr., thought he was doing the comic books justice Mm -mm. i think he set out to make a satire (laughs) of american heroism and that's what this is in a way yeah you know this is sitcom writing this Mm -hmm. is not drama dramatic writing okay and in 1966 i'm not sure comic books were a rife source of adult entertainment sure no you know so i think like it's important to say they were in on the joke and oh, the God. jokes do land. I so agree. if I'm judging this as a comedy, I think it's a pretty good comedy, don't you think? <laughs> I, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I, I, I sometimes question its it, its intentions. I mean, maybe it's satirical. I don't think people looked at it as satire necessarily. Well, kids didn't look at it no, as satire. No, but and the kids were the primary audience. That's sixty six. Exactly. That's kind of the issue with something like this. So maybe it's a little uh, misjudged in that way, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you could still watch this and just taking it in a bubble, it's like, yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. Right. Like, the scene where Batman is running around with the bomb, (laughs) and he can't figure out where to throw it away. He he looks over the edge. There's a couple. He looks over the edge. There's a fisherman. He looks over the edge again. There are ducks. I can't... Some days... He he, runs one direction, there's a nun. The other direction, there's a mom and a baby. I love that sequence so fucking much. And it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, I get it. Right. I I get it. Some days, you just can't get rid of a bomb. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? But there's a lot of that comedy, and they're not only winking at you, they are actively lampooning.
cartooning these characters. Oh, God, yeah. These characters are supposed to be the butt of the joke. Why does Batman have to put Bat in front of all of his gadgets? Oh, Bring me the, best. the Bat shark repellent. Oh, my God, that scene. <laughs> is incredible. Where they literally, like, they don't even try to make the shark look like a shark. No, that's the funniest part. It's like, you're just sitting there with your mouth ajar, and you're like, I, I don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> it's just a plastic shark wrapped around Adam West's leg. He's beating it, and it sounds like the sound of hitting rubber on the side. Yes. It's as if you're punching a rubber chicken. That's what it sounds like. Because he is hitting a rubber chicken. And then then it drops and the thing explodes (laughs) for no reason. There's nothing funnier than inexplicable explosions, I think. Oh, it's the best. It is the single best comedic thing in any movie when it just happens, you know? Right. I love it so much. And right. this is no exception, especially when the guy is uh, launched from the from the little spring into the water. Oh, my is, God. So good. So, Why is that spring there? I don't know. Why is there a spring-loaded catapult in the bottom of the villain lair? They said that they were going to launch Batman into the ocean and have him explode. Again, convoluted <laughs> as all hell death schemes. Like, that would give any Bond villain a run for their money. But, like, you know, it's worth it for the sight of a little army man flying in the air and then hitting the the, the, the bath. It's good stuff. And even the writing is, it's very stupid, but oh, it God. is kind of, like, at the beginning when they're like, wait a minute, this happened at the sea. <laughs> sea for Catwoman. No, it's not sea for Catwoman. That's an S, you dumb fucker. <laughs> Is this some kind of riddle? The Riddler must... The wordplay that they do... You ever seen those memes where it's like 44 minus 32 and... Uh, that's 12 and the 12th letter of the alphabet is M and M you know you ever see that and it's yeah. like the the perfect formula to prove a convoluted idea it's like way to draw the the loosest of comparisons here man I mean I, that's genius I mean they do it constantly right. with devising plans in this right it's really remarkable I, I love I love I love I love when they're they're strapped to the buoy and then we cut away and then we hear an explosion and they're like oh obviously we got them and then they look up and they're gone and we're like oh how did they get away and they explain it to you on the boat like how harrowing of that animal to jump in front of the torpedo (laughs) right in the nick of time (laughs) and they don't show the animal doing it they just say that that's what happened right it's so lame but no it's so even when burgess meredith Mm -hmm. as the penguin finds his way back to batman and robin's lair so (laughs) So the idea here is he they know he's the penguin but the penguin wants to prove to them that he's not the penguin so they go back home to the bat cave where they have a special retina scanner that would be able to identify the penguin if it were indeed the penguin mm-hmm. uh, and that's when he brings in the five uh guinea pig men yes who have been dehydrated into piles of dust just add water and they magically become whole again I don't. I don't get this science. And that whole scheme is just absurd. Yeah, <laughs> and then he believes them when they're like, "Oh, we 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 know you're not the penguin, so and so." And he's like, "You do? <laughs> yeah, let's drive out into the country, wink, 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 <laughs> and uh, you know, put you back where you came Take from." Take this anti-penguin pill. Yeah. <laughs> you just thought of everything, didn't you, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so here's my only point. 
These movies are comedies. The, the, these are comedies. Yes. 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 And we should treat them as such. Yes. Which is why I, if you roll your eyes and say, oh, Batman the movie, it's a, you know, no. 60s cornball humor. If you take this seriously, you are completely missing the point. But then I, I look at this and I'm like, I, it's like physically impossible for me to take it seriously and, and almost to, for, to see anybody taking it seriously. Right. So. I mean, the fact that Batman's costume just looks lame. I was thinking about this with Adam West. Mm-hmm. Because you go back, was Adam West considered a good Batman? I, I I don't even think that was a point of conversation at all. I don't. It, it's different than that, right? It's different. They didn't look. They didn't take him seriously as Batman. It's kind of like Leslie Nielsen playing a cop, right? Yeah, maybe. It, it's like none of like he doesn't have a particularly fit body. Sure, he's not ripped. The way the costume sort of falls on him, he kind of looks tall, lanky, and aloof. You know what I mean? But the difference between that and, and this is that is that I, I like like the Leslie Nielsen films are clearly parodying parodying a specific thing. Whereas you watch this and you're not sure if it's parodying it sometimes or just trying to be like a cheesy representation of the comic. No, but I think it is. That's a, yeah, me too. I do think it's parody. Yeah, right. I, I see those two costumes. I know it's 1966, but even for the time, those costumes looked lame. Yes. You know? The way the cape falls on him. He, whenever Adam West runs around, the cape is never flowing in the background. The cape just looks stuck to his body. Yeah, I know. You know, the mask doesn't fit his head right. He's got this weird... <laughs> his whole body is weirdly shapen. I always thought, that, like, he he almost looks like a tall child. Right! <laughs> So you think back, it's like there's nothing about Adam West that screams superhero. No. Even the voice is, it's somewhat commanding, but I wouldn't say he's even Michael Keaton. No. I wouldn't even say he's Christian Bale. No. You know, those guys can pull off masculine. Those guys can pull off superhero. Yes, I agree. Tough guy. Adam West just wasn't a tough guy. And the fact that Burt Ward, who was like a little boy at the time, (laughs) was his sidekick this was meant to be a comedy through and through. Mm-hmm. And if you judge it as a comedy, I'd say it's a very successful one. I had a good time watching this movie. No, I, I, I find it hard to believe that you couldn't have a good time watching this. Yeah. Just understand going into it that it is not taking itself seriously. It is very stupid, but it's good stupid. Right. There is such a thing as good stupid people. Right. Yes. And also, the villains are just so much fun. Well, here's the interesting thing, too, is that a lot of people didn't don't take the villain seriously in this, but for some reason, they do take Cesar Romero seriously as the Joker. Hmm. That's a common thing with people who love these series is that, yeah, it's all, all silly and whatever, but Cesar Romero has always been in conversation as like one of the best Jokers. Really? Which I find quite fascinating. Meanwhile, he's in this movie. He refused to shave his mustache, so they had to paint Joker makeup over his mustache. I, I've seen... He never shaves his mustache <laughs> in anything in the entire show. And I, I just noticed it on rewatch. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? And then I looked into it, and yeah, he just never shaves his mustache. Right. So, uh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't... He's not freaking... He's not Heath Ledger. No. I'm sorry. No. no one said that he is. Well, well, no, they're all silly. They're all doing comedic performances. Yeah. I mean, Burgess Meredith is an awesome actor. Yeah. Burgess Meredith is an American treasure. He was fucking Mickey, dude. Yeah, yeah. And so he's doing the penguin, squawking like a penguin. <laughs> this is all tongue-in-cheek, but it's comedy, and it's good comedy. Mm-hmm. And we should treat it as such. It it's- is satire. It is parody. It is. It is... Meant to be lampooning the characters, not celebrating them. Quite lovable, in my opinion. But yeah, they're very lovable. And I had a good time watching this movie for the first time. Me too. I was thoroughly entertained. I would say it's a good movie. Yeah, Yeah. it is a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, Who knows if they'll get into the movie Hall of Fame, though? We'll find out. Yeah, who knows? All right. 
Let's get to it. 1989. Mm-hmm. Movie called Batman hit the theaters. I sense a running theme. <laughs> Directed by Tim Burton. Starring Top Build, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Michael Keaton, and Kim Basinger. Mm. Winner of Best Art Direction at the Academy Awards. I oh. believe the only Oscar winning movie on the list. Really? Yes. That's actually kind of surprising. Yeah. Number 45 on AFI's all-time villain list for the Joker, mm-hmm. and number 46 on their heroes list for Batman. Okay. So they both get a spot in an AFI list. The Dark Knight of Gotham City wears, or I'm sorry, begins his war on crime with his first ever major enemy being the clownly, the clownishly homicidal Joker. That's a tongue twister of a description. <laughs> um, you know what's weird about this movie? What? Is that, like, this was considered dark. Oh, yeah, I know. 1989. Mm-hmm. And that's so crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think part of it is attributed to the fact that it's, uh, it's, so, it's so different from the Adam West Batman. Yeah. And it couldn't, it couldn't be possibly be further removed from that. I think, yeah. I think that surprised people, especially since everyone's cultural consciousness of what Batman was is Adam West. And then you throw this at them. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, this is serious shit. Yeah. And I don't blame him. I get it. But you look back now. So let's let's look at it this way, right? We have Heath Ledger playing the Joker in Dark Knight. We have Cesar Romero playing the Joker in the original Batman series. And you got Jack Nicholson somewhere in between. I would say Jack's performance skews closer to Cesar Romero than it does Heath Ledger, doesn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Well, the way I always described it is that he is a slightly darker version of Cesar Romero. Right. He's essentially doing that. He's mm. essentially doing Cesar Romero. It's just, I think he probably would have done a convincing version of Cesar Romero's uh, Joker if he was placed in that kind of role, but he's placed in a slightly uh, darker, more gothic version of all that. Right. So he, it, it, it comes out a little, a little more sinister, but at the same time, it's still kind of silly. Yeah. I think we just, as a society, have sort of lost sight. Of this performance, of the Jack Nicholson performance, well, here. I, I think this one was widely regarded as the best Joker performance, right? Until, of course, two thousand eight, right? Yeah, and, and now it feels kind of forgotten, doesn't it? Which is sad because I think he's pretty good in this movie. Oh, I think he's really good in this yeah. movie. No, I don't think. Pre- I mean, put it this way: we are now going through an Oscar cycle where a second Joker may win Best Actor at yeah. the at the Oscars this year. I know. Like we're. It's the fact that Joaquin Phoenix is in the Oscar conversation feels a bit disrespectful to Jack Nicholson, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how he feels about this. I know that he's always been concerned about other actors playing the role because he understands how troubling it can be. Yeah, and how 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 much it can wear on you. He's he's famously cited for telling Heath Ledger that this is going to be really tough on you, and you're you're probably not going to be the same afterwards. Hmm. So yeah, I think he is quite remarkable in this movie yeah. um and delivers a pretty good dramatic performance yeah but a really good comedic performance mm, like he's very funny in this movie <laughs> i say that line all the time oh where does he get all those wonderful toys <laughs> you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses now would you <laughs> <laughs> i love he stole my balloons. balloons why didn't anybody tell me he had one of those things and then he just shoots his yeah, guy yeah no he goes give me the gun Bob, he goes, oh sure boss gun <laughs> shoots <him>. no reason <laughs> it's the most random death ever i love it no it's really good that the scene where he's in the museum with vicky vale mm-hmm. uh 
This was, yeah, you're right, the definitive Joker for a while. Yeah. And this was the definitive Batman movie for me, I, I guess, growing up until I was introduced to these new ones. Yeah, I agree. Right? This one still is up there. It's, it's I mean, it's better than, I guess we'll get to Christopher Nolan's uh, uh, trilogy, but it's definitely better than at least one of those movies in his trilogy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How has it aged for you? I still like flip this movie on. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I quite like this movie. It's one of my favorite Bur- Tim Burton films. Yeah, yeah. But and we'll we'll get to the next one. But I, one of the things I like about this one more than anything is that it's uh, it's distinctly Burton, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily feel like he's taking it over, and it, it just becomes a Tim Burton film. It still feels like Batman. Yeah, and it does this thing that I think Spider Man did very well is that it kind of tries to find a nice balance between sort of the 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 campiness of the comic but also at the same time taking it very very seriously yeah and yeah th- this alongside spider-man maybe even better than spider-man that just does it like about as good as you're gonna get that's a good comparison actually yeah. because yeah those movies feel like they're straddling the line between dramatic and comedic mm-hmm. um maybe comedic's not the right word but campiness i think is actually the better sure. word there just a little bit of tongue-in-cheek i think yeah yeah it's it's aware that it's that it's a comic book movie but it gives it a level of charm because of that yeah i know and you just don't have that self-awareness anymore unless you go with the marvel movies which are way over the top yeah and it's gone beyond self-seriousness yes exactly you know now they're just winking at the camera the entire time Mm -hmm. until thanos kills half the planet and it gets super super dramatic and there's not really a great middle ground there well we live in a world where deadpool exists dude sure so there you go no that's exactly the problem um this movie was just a movie yes that i I think that's the bigger thing Mm -hmm. right it's just a movie that felt tonally specific and couldn't have been made by anybody else couldn't have starred anybody else it's just yeah this is a superhero movie and this is how superhero movies are supposed to be done yes i I, again like I, I have a little bit of reservation when people are like, make it super serious and dark and gritty. And they, they do, when they do that, it just feels, I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're, they're, I feel like it's a little disingenuous. I feel like they're, yeah. they're not, they're not acknowledging the fact that it's a comic book movie and they should, you know, revel in that a little bit. Right. I feel like that's why Man of Steel suffers so much. Sure. No, but it goes either one way or the other. Yeah. Either it's a straight comedy or it's a straight drama. Okay. Um, this might have been the last time, I guess Spider-Man was the last time, where they were allowed to be both. Yes, and I love that. Again, yeah. You're allowed to enjoy it both ways. Yeah. And it just makes it for this, for this great, charming, and, and, you know, movie experience. Again, it's a movie. Yeah. You know, and I can take it seriously as that. It's not like, not, it's again, not like Batman the movie, where it's like, it's a little bit different. There's a greater disconnect there. But yeah. that's a different thing altogether. Keaton's Batman, what do you think? <laughs> See, I love Keaton's Batman. So do I. I've always loved Keaton's Batman. And I think he's one of the, in my opinion, I think he's my favorite Batman. Yeah? Yep. We'll, we'll get to Christian Bale. That's another conversation. Okay. One of the reasons I love him as Batman so much is because you would never expect him to be Batman. Right. And I can't say that about Christian Bale's Batman at all. But right. But there's something about... Uh, Michael Keaton here where it's like there's no fucking way you could be this guy and then you see him as Batman and he's like badass yeah. <laughs> and he kicks so much ass and there's times where it's he's shot in a way where he's actually kind of scary right and it j- it's, it's just like whoa yeah this works well it's a legitimate alter ego yes I agree like you know? the, there's a much more distinct separation between Bruce Wayne and Batman yeah which I love yeah that's actually a good point yeah because yeah I, I think Christian Bale is going method with it 
mm-hmm. and he wants Batman and Bruce Wayne to be the same character in many ways. Um, and and often they do feel like the same person. Yeah. But you're right. If you are to portray an alter ego and you want people to believe that Batman is not Bruce Wayne in the reality of the movie, yep. you do have to give some distinct differences. I agree. Yeah. You know, it just can't be Bruce Wayne with a mask with a mask on, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's got to be his own entity. And mm-hmm. and you're right. In this movie, Michael Keaton's kind of a goofball as yeah. Bruce Wayne. He's this <laughs> You want to play- get nuts? Come on. Yeah, well, let's that, get nuts. That's the one that's always cited, but that line is just absurd. It's like a comedic yeah. line reading. Um and then he puts the mask on and you still buy him as a superhero. And I think yeah. that's right. I, I'm I think I'm with you. He might be my favorite Batman as well. Yep. Yeah, that's a very good point. I get into arguments with people about this a lot, and I'm just like, guys, like I don't I don't understand how once we hit the Dark Knight Rises, how you can take him, uh, Christian Bale seriously as Batman. Right. The, it, but but it, it's such a shame because it starts out very differently, and mm. we'll get to that. But yeah, no, I, I feel like going back to it, this is the only one that I feel most comfortable saying is like, this is Batman. Yeah. You know? I think his line readings are great. I think he's surprisingly commanding in the role. And like you said, splits the two characters up perfectly. Yeah. And I, again, just like, there's something about this world that just makes. How's the best way to describe this movie? But again, like. I don't want to stumble on my words, but I just like that separation. I like how it feels more, more in line with the comic books that way. Yeah. And there's some, there's just something about his portrayal of both those characters that makes it feel more authentic. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I love the Prince soundtrack because I love Prince. (laughs) Of course you do. That's one of the criticisms I've seen over the years though, is that the songs feel a bit forced, but I think Mm. they fit quite nicely. I think it gives like a steampunk nineties, uh, you know, um, it feels like Prince would be a, a real recording artist in Gotham City. You I know what I mean? No, I could see it. I don't have much of an issue with it. It feels like you would hear a lot of Prince music at Gotham nightclubs. Yes. No. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. yeah. This the the look of everything here. I mean, it's again. This is this is uh, like post uh, Blade Runner. So they're doing great great set work and great miniature work here. And yeah. They're they're they're. You know, this is where like like the construction of, of of cities like this becomes like a really interesting thing, and you can do a lot with it. And, this, the, and another thing I love about this movie is that Gotham is a character. Yeah, which we talk about a lot in, in films is when the setting feels like a character in and of itself. Yeah. But this movie is like seeped in atmosphere. Well, that's why it won Best Art Direction at the yes. Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Interesting casting. Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent in this. Yeah, I know. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to play Two-Face in the Batman Forever adaptation, but... That was uh, kind of weird that he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess they recast him as Tommy Lee Jones. There's a lot of great little um, a lot, uh, great little character actors in this movie. Um, I love the guy that plays Alfred. Michael Goh is my, my favorite Alfred. Uh, God, yeah, me he's too. just great. I've always loved him as And that. he's in all four of these movies, right? Yeah, he is actually. He plays Alfred in all of them. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton, you got to remember too at the time, back back to his casting, was just known as a comedy guy. I mean, one of the criticisms was like, ugh, Mr. Mom is going to play Batman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're 100% right. He was able to uh, convincingly play the man with the gun in this case, or the man with the cape, the man with the Batmobile. Um, and yeah, I think the performance has aged quite nicely. Yes. As has this movie. I think the movie's really good. It's again, it's one that I I think I revisit more than any other one, honestly, which is really, yeah. Surprisingly, it's the one I think I revisit the most and that's including the dark Knight. Wow. Yeah. I I really, really like this movie. All right. Let's move on to the sequel. 
Let's get even more interesting. 1992. Yeah. Batman Returns. Also directed by Tim Burton. Also starring Michael Keaton. Alongside Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Nominated for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup at the Oscars. Uh-huh. Batman Returns to the Big Screen. When a deformed man calling himself the Penguin wreaks havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman. Um, I mustn't lie to you, Adam Hall. <laughs> I came into this podcast with an agenda, uh-huh. a very specific agenda. Um, and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but I'm going to try to get this movie in the Movie Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try really hard because this is my favorite Batman movie. I know. Ever? I- fucking love it this is your over the dark night no but (laughs) (laughs) amongst this this list yeah okay this is it right here i love this movie (laughs) i love it so much i know you do i love it so (laughs) it is one of my favorite christmas movies it is one of my favorite superhero movies Mm -hmm. it is one of my favorite michelle pfeiffer movies it is one of my favorite danny devito movies it may be my favorite tim burton movie weird that's how much i love this movie that is strange. I'm obsessed with this movie. I think this movie gets a, a bad rep. Yeah, because I, I I'm not I'm not quite there. Uh-huh. That that that's that's generous. I think. <laughs> but this this I think this movie is is so much better than people give it credit for. Yes, so much better. Yeah, and and it's 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 kind of upsetting given all of its merit. I, do I, you think people dislike this movie generally? Yeah, I do. Yeah, why do you figure? I uh, here here's my takeaway. This is why I don't necessarily get as as on board with it as you do. Is that I feel like, as I said prior to to or when we were getting into our Batman discussion, is that I said that that is a nice balance of Tim Burton and Batman, and this feels more like a Tim Burton film in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And that's I think that's the the bigger issue more than anything is that he he definitely takes hold of this and just makes it a Tim Burton film that just so happens to have Batman and yep. Catwoman in it. Yep. But every single one of those elements are Tim Burton-ified yes. to the nth degree. I mean, to to the way Catwoman is dressed, to the way the Penguin is designed, to j- just the, the, the inclusion of Christopher Walken's character in general. The, the, got, the like even, even more amplified gothic imagery. It's just... Oh, I, this is a neo-noir movie through and through. Yes. I feel like that took precedent, and I feel like that's what sort of threw people off about it. Okay, did did it throw you off? Not really. I think I I think it makes me appreciate the first one a little bit more, though. Yeah, that's what I will say about it. Um, my favorite superhero movies are the ones that feel like they're made by one person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I love The Dark Knight because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yep, it's not a Warner Brothers DC movie. Dark Knight Rises kind of slips into that territory from time to yeah. time. Uh, Logan feels like a James Mangold movie. The Joker movie feels, I guess, like a Todd Phillips movie. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> who the who, hell knows? Who knows what a Todd Phillips movie is, right? But, yeah, that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> we don't know that yet, but it looks like it's made by one person distinctly. Uh, no one could have made this movie other than Tim Burton. Yes, I agree. Certainly not in the way that it was made. And some people have a problem with those choices. They don't like Danny DeVito. Most people don't like this version of The Penguin, I would say. Yes, I agree. Um... I love the choice. I think the choice is so bold. I think it's a heartbreaking performance. That's the thing too. It's got a lot of heart and a lot of soul. Yeah, you know, I've I've always like deeply cared about this character, as uncomfortable as it is, and how 
hideous he is. Yes. The, there is something just so sad about everything he, he does and his entire backstory and just what he's become. It's yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I th- honestly, I think it part of it is just the design of the character. Yeah, it's just grotesque. Right. The fact that he eats fish, that he has these weird shaped hands, mm-hmm. um, the fact that he lives in a sewer system. Okay, maybe that's not one hundred percent loyal to the source material. <laughs> but if you're gonna name a fucking character the penguin, make him a penguin. Yeah. Like, why not? Sure. I think that's Tim Burton's approach in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's Catwoman. Let's make her look like a fucking cat. And let's cover her with scratches and scars. And let's really play into this nine lives thing. Let's do horrible things to her throughout this movie and let her survive and live with it and fight back. Uh, It's an unapologetic movie in that way. I agree. It really goes for it. It commits. Yeah, Yeah, it commits to the bit. And I think it's so damn charming because of that. Mm -hmm. Pfeiffer... Is great in this. Yes. This is the best Catwoman. Don't even fight me. Oh, God. It's not even close. Zach always tells me, oh, what about Eartha Kit? Fuck off with your Eartha Kit. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Pfeiffer's the best Catwoman. We can end that conversation there. Again, an interesting character that I feel really bad for. Yes. And that I, I you know, you can't help but love despite how weird and uh, disturbing she is, but she's so sexy. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, she's so sexy yeah. in that outfit. Mm. By far and away the sexiest Batman. This is perfect. This is the sweet spot of Michelle Pfeiffer. Peak of her powers right here. Yeah, I agree. Um, all these characters are so wonderful. I think they're better villains than Jack in the in the original movie, if I'm being downright honest with you. Yeah, maybe. They don't... I don't know if they necessarily have that level of like like impact. Like, There's something about Jack Nicholson's Joker that sticks with you more. And maybe it's just because it's the Joker. I don't really... I think know. that's entirely what it is. Yeah. But 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 I mean it does speak to 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 this movie. I mean even that being it's like that being said. I mean the villains that they went with don't resonate as as strongly as I feel like Jack's Jack Nicholson's Joker is, even if they're slightly more well drawn. Oh, they're by far and away more well drawn. Yeah. I mean the original Joker. Not to go too far back here in the chronological chronological order, but uh. Like, there's no mystery to the Jack Nicholson Joker. No. And maybe that's not necessarily a complaint, but what makes Joker so fascinating, especially in something like The Dark Knight, is that you know nothing about him. He's just this force for chaos and evil. Mm -hmm. And you make him the guy that also shot Bruce Wayne's parents. You also... Which they're definitely going to do in this new Joker. Oh, is that... Really? They have to, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they might. That's a common thing. Like that again. The joke Are we going to see the Waynes get shot again on screen? Yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah, man. Why do you suspect this? Is this like a rumor? Have I you heard this places. Well, I know Thomas Wayne is in it, and I know Bruce Wayne's in it. Oh. So yeah, it's going to happen. It has to. Of course, of course, it's going to happen. Damn it. Again, again may- we're doing this again. Maybe it. Maybe <laughs> it'll be. Maybe it'll be kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> but I have. I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be the weakest part of the movie. Oh damn it! Yeah. Okay. Um, well, all right. So, to, to anyway, to do that, to make him just this mob boss that happens to fall into a vat of radioactive waste, um, there's not a ton of there there. There's not a ton of legitimate character stuff that you can sympathize with and you can buy into. <sighs> well, there are, but like they don't tell that story. Like the killing joke is the story where he falls into a vat of acid, but prior to that, he's just a, a struggling comedian who you can't do anything right, and his wife doesn't like him and leaves him and all that other stuff, and he just goes crazy until eventually having that happen to him, and then he becomes the Joker. But there's a lot of interesting motivation going on there and why he do, does what he does, and it's sort of like the definitive 
Joker origin story that we all accept now. Right. Because his, in, in the words of the Joker, when, when talking about where he came from, he always says, I want it to be a, a multiple choice. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can interpret it. And there is not one like, like, like a canonically definitive version of his origin. Yeah. Uh, Sure, but in 1989's Batman, they yeah. don't really do that. They no. just make it very unambiguous. And, yes, exactly. And the only thing compelling about that character is Jack's performance. He brings an incredible charisma to that performance. Yeah. Um, but this movie, these characters are so well written. Yeah. You know, the Penguin and Catwoman are complicated people. And Christopher Walken is the only, like, mustache-twirling villain in the whole yeah. movie. You know, those two are villains, but Catwoman at times is an anti-hero and the penguin is at least a sympathetic villain. Yes, I agree. Uh, I can't say that, God, about any villain in the history of the Batman series. Can you? <laughs> uh, I, I guess Harvey Dent. Maybe, kind of, but not to the same level, man. So it's it's handled totally differently, though. Is yeah, the thing. especially structurally with how the films play out. Well, he's portrayed as the hero at the beginning yes. of that movie. Yeah. I think that's a smart decision too. That's a little. That's a completely different conversation, though. Right. No, I, I'm just talking about in terms of sympathetic villains, villains you feel bad for. Like purely villains too. That's a thing. Right. Yeah, I agree. This is one of the better examples, if not the best. Yeah. I just think it's one of the most fun Batman movies, and it's simultaneously one of the most dark Batman movies. It's one of the most dark. I I, I don't. I'm not. I don't love it as much as you do. I don't. I'm, it's not as exciting to me. It's on. It's not as exciting as the first one for me okay. personally. All right. But again, it's just a personal preference thing. You're lucky that I happen to like this movie. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like most people would be very much against you. <laughs> no, I'm sure they would too. Yeah. This is not the consensus pick by any means, but it's by far and away my favorite movie on the list, and it's just weird, man. Yes. It's weird. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's what I like about Let it. Let them be anything. weird. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Tim Burton guy, but these are the types of movies I want Tim Burton to make. And every time he doesn't make a movie like this, it frustrates me. Yeah. Just make Edward Scissorhands. Make Batman Returns. Commit to the bit. And we'll follow you along. But, you know, sometimes you go a little too mainstream. You you stray off the, the path too well, much. And By nature of what he is and what he does, it's like it's not meant for the mainstream. Like, you're all about being weird, so be weird. Like you Yes. Said, so. Own it. Yeah. And be fun and be dark and have a visual style. This movie has such a visual style. Yes, I It's agree. a visually striking movie. It's yeah. so good. Yes, I, I, I agree, Nico. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's a very good movie. It's 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 the most underrated one on this list by a mile. By a yes, a massive mile. Yes, I don't know how you can have a massive mile. Miles are just miles. A miles a mile, Nico. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This is a movie I watched for the first time this week. It's called Batman: Colon Mask of the Phantasm from 1993, one year after Batman Returns, and uh, a few years after the premiere of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. This is a continuation. Of that TV show, yep. but got a theatrical release. Did not do well at the box office at the no. time. I found out, but it stars Kevin Conroy, Dana Delaney, uh, Dana Delaney, Mark Hamill, Stacy Keach, and Abe Vigoda Tessio. Yeah, Batman is wrongly implicated in a series of murders of mob bosses, actually done by a new vigilante assassin. Uh, you told me to watch this. Why? <laughs> well, because it's a nice representative part of the Batman series. I feel like one of them that th- you have like like champions of certain Batman comics and TV shows and movies and so on and so forth. And one of the most championed is, of course, the Batman animated series, which m- m- most 
people who call themselves Batman fans have seen this and they really, really love it. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to them and who they are as fans of this character. And uh, their devotion leads into this film. And this is uh, consistently cited as, again, to them, one of the best Batman movies and one that doesn't get enough talk or representation. And people claim to say, like, yeah, no, like those other movies are good. But again, I, I know it's an animated film, but what about Mask of the Phantasm? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Yeah. I really like this movie. Okay. I really like this movie. I don't know if it's 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 not my favorite on the list, but but by a mile. But uh I I it's one of those I see I didn't grow up watching the animated series. I've only seen a couple Neither episodes. But watching this I do understand why that animated series was so popular and important to people. Yeah. And why people even consider Mark Hamill to be the best Joker, for example. Mark Hamill is delightful as the Joker. Oh my god, this. yeah. <laughs> it's a great performance. It is. I get it. He's not the best Joker. Everybody settle down. He's not. Heath Ledger is by a far and away the best Joker. <laughs> what are we even talking about? Like that. That's the performance that you saw it and you're like, oh, comic books are different now. Yes. Like every the superhero genre is different now because of that one man. Yeah. Mark Hamill never did that with the cartoon. He's playing a cartoon character. He's very good. No, I agree, but it's it. It's a good performance, but let's not get carried away here. It is saying something though when I. Th- in in my experience, I've heard more people champion Mark Hamill's Joker than Jack Nicholson's Joker. Okay. I, I also disagree with that. I yeah. think Jack Nicholson's is a harder performance. Yeah. And it's a more interesting, daring performance. Maybe. Um, I have a question about Kevin Conroy. Is he considered a good Batman? Yeah, actually. Which is another thing that, that a lot of people will, will champion. They'll be like, okay, yeah, Christian Bale, maybe. But what about Kevin Conroy? I don't fully agree with that. See, I don't either. I was actually kind of off-put by his performance here. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like he was Will Arnett in Lego Batman. I think he's closer to Will Arnett in Lego Batman than he is Christian Bale in The Dark Knight. I don't dislike him at all, but it's it's not. It's a very theatrical. It's a very pronounced, pronounced performance. performance yeah. Yes, and it's something that if y- it's like, hey, Joker, stop right there. <laughs> it, you get used to it. I mean, he he. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill voice voice the characters in the video games, and that that was yeah. my first uh, introduction to them. And again, the most notable thing about those is like, oh wait, this is the voice of Batman. Okay, uh, I, I, it's just different, and it's it, and it's striving for a different thing, and it's for a completely different medium. Yep, and a different audience. Yes, and I I think it works. It's just again, it takes time to adjust to it. That's my that's my only thing. Look, they're kids movies. Yeah. Um it's again the first original Batman movie that's animated to be in a, a theatrical run. Uh it's the first Warner Brothers animation movie, I believe. Yeah. I think Warner Brothers animation formed just a, and I remember seeing that title card a lot as a kid watching yeah. cartoons. You'd see Bugs Bunny leaning up on the Warner oh, Brothers yeah. sign. Remember that? You yeah. never see that anymore cuz uh I don't watch those movies anymore. Uh, but this was the first ever Warner Brothers animation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got to remember this is a continuation of a children's TV show. It's fairly dark and gritty, well, though. Well, that's, I was just about to say, that's the thing. It's like, it's just about as dark and gritty as Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. I mean, almost, I mean, I could even argue maybe more so. Yeah. In a lot of ways, especially like when they get to the, what the Joker's all up to. Right. I mean, he does some some kind of disturbing stuff. Oh yeah! Even in this, like the scene where he kills the old guy and he finds him with his distorted face, or when he makes the, guy- the bomb in the apartment. Oh yeah. yeah, it makes the guy start laughing uncontrollably forever. Like that's just a freaky idea. Oh sure, I, and I love that stuff. 
I mean, and there is gunfire. There is violence. There's blood in this movie. Yeah. Um, the, the music, by the way. Oh, the operatic. Oh, like, it's great. The choir stuff. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The ba, 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 ba. Yeah. You hear that in the background as, as Batman's fighting some villain? I think it's excellent. Yeah. Um. It just... I'll say this. It gave me some serious throwback vibes. Yes. It gave me some serious nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I used to watch this kind of movie all the yeah. time. This style of animation, this tone feels familiar, even though I wasn't a big Batman the Animated Series fan. Uh, I just feel like animation's come a long way since the 90s. That's true. You know? And, and I don't know if it holds up as much as you would think. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't blown away. I did enjoy it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be unfair to say I, I didn't enjoy it. And the stuff that he gets into with the love interest here is interesting. Like I, they I, make it a love story. I thought it worked a lot better than than when I when I first saw it that than I originally anticipated. Because I don't. I mean, love stories are so freaking complicated when they're relegated to the backdrop. But this right. actually works fairly well to me yeah. because it's well integrated into most of the story. Is it the best Batman love story? Um, maybe. I think it is by far the one that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, if you want to count him and Catwoman in a w- weird way, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is the most compelling Bruce Wayne has been as a romantic lead. Yes, I agree. Right? Yeah. If we're going, if we're just because Rachel Dawes was just a total nothing in those yeah, first two yeah. Dark Knight movies, unfortunately. Yeah. If we want to like like get it to purely romance, then yes, this is the closest we've ever come, and yeah, it's definitely the best. Right. But it's part. Of, it it is the story though. Yep. Again, it it makes up most of the story where it's like, okay, yeah, this is a romance plot through and through. Yeah. And a lot of the the plot and structure revolves around these two characters coming together and meeting up and realizing who they are in this greater in this greater story. Yep. I think it I think it works pretty well. I like this more than Batman the movie. Honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's my least favorite. Well, ugh. I'm not so sure that's true. No, I, I like it more than <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like I like it it's I like it about as much as Batman Returns. Yeah. Okay. That's about where I am with it. Uh maybe a little less. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite with you there. I feel like the Joker felt a little ham fisted. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a it's it didn't seem like the the this this story called for that villain. He's like a final boss, essentially. I think it would make it makes more sense on repeat viewing, though. Yeah. When you, when you realize who's behind the mask of the phantasm. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I guess it makes sense why they would need a villain like the Joker in here because that that character phantasm is- can't be the primary villain. No. Yeah. Um. But also, it's like, oh, we're making a Batman movie for the big screen. The Joker's got to be in this for some reason because the Joker's the only villain anybody cares about. It's just fine. It's not. Feels like they kind of use him as a crutch. I suppose, but it's not that I I I don't welcome his his appearance. I mean, th- there are better inclusions of villains and the Joker in other forms of media. But you're right when it's like it's similar to the inclusion of Jared Leto in <laughs> Suicide Squad, right? In a lot of ways, that's exactly what what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's only in that movie for like 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's like they needed an arbitrary final boss for this movie. Yes. Once they get through all the mob bosses, once they get through all of the plot, plot stuff, yep. we'll throw in a fight sequence with Joker at the World's Fair. But it, it, it again, though, it's like the difference between like Jared Leto and Mark Hamill is that Mark Hamill's just so goddamn entertaining. It's like, yeah, maybe it's tacked on. That's but, true. But at least it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. And I can't help but yeah. get excited when I see the Joker. Cause yeah, exactly. He's the best. Um. Yeah, I I uh, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. 
Um, I was a little off put by Kevin Conroy, as I said. Um, I was a little off put by the animation style, the pacing, the tone. It was like, oh, this feels like something I would watch as a kid and something I wouldn't revisit as an adult. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the other movies that I watched as a kid, Lion King, Toy Story, whatever, yeah. they still hold up today. And I could put them on and enjoy them as much as I did the first time I saw them. That's fair. Yeah. I know this movie would have meant a lot more to me if I saw it when I was 12. <laughs> yes, and I agree. You know? That's, that's the thing holding it back, is that, like, staying power, I don't know if it quite has that, but it's definitely it definitely needs to be included in the conversation. Right. it's very important to a, a great deal of the fan base. Yes. And I acknowledge you all. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. I really enjoy this movie, and I th- I, I actually do like the animation. Again, it's it's a little, it's like, I like the impressionistic style. So, okay. So it works for me. Well, good. Let's get to the new ones. The new ones. Or the newer ones. Yeah. We're not talking Robert Pattinson just yet. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, 2005's Batman Begins, written and directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Holmes, the better Rachel, (laughs) Gary Oldman, Killian Murphy... And Morgan Freeman, nominated for Best Cinematography at the Academy Awards, did not take home anything that night. After training with his mentor, Batman begins his fight to free crime-ridden Gotham City from corruption. Christopher Nolan's reboot Mm -hmm. of the Batman series in 2005 came on the heels of uh, two very underwhelming installments to the Batman series. That were widely accepted to have killed the franchise. Yeah, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin come out. They had planned future installments, and they scrapped those because Batman and Robin was so abhorrent. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do it one day for why is this a thing. Oh, okay, absolutely. One of these days. Absolutely. We got to talk rubber lips. I kind of hate that movie. I think I hate that I've movie. I've grown to like it. Well, that's not surprising, but <laughs> but that's you. It is me. Uh, Mike, uh, Christopher Nolan comes in and says Hey I got a new idea for these movies Get a fresh set of eyes We're going to make it very dark and very gritty And so Batman Begins comes out in 2005 And Hollywood has never been the same since Yep Yeah, For better or worse uh, Yeah, I Who knows say, Well exactly who knows Yeah, I mean I know I found in my research that the James Bond reboots With Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace Were directly inspired by Batman Begins Yep um, the the people who had the rights to James Bond took a look at what they had and said, "Oh, we can maybe do we can yes, we can do something similar to the James Bond character that they did to the Batman character." It works for James Bond, and surprisingly, it actually works for Batman. Sure, well, it definitely works for Batman because this movie is fucking awesome. Yep, and you want to know something? Yeah, it's my favorite of the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I it's know not, it is. It's not the best, sure, but it's definitely my favorite. Yeah, why is it your favorite? Again. It's a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and it feels like a comic book movie, but at the same time, it also feels like a gritty, realistic interpretation. It hits that balance that I love about the original uh, Tim Burton Batman closer. It's a, li- it's a little further into the uh, realism territory, but it doesn't go so far over where it starts to lose an identity as being a Batman movie. This feels like a fucking Batman movie right. through and through to the way he is as a detective, to hit the, the way he uses his gadgets, to the sound of his voice, to his costume, yep. everything. The look of the film, that, that, that similar kind of gothic imagery, it's not really going for the, the realistic Chicago New York landscape that the 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 
following two films do. It feels like its own unique world in a weird way. Right. Down down even down to the other locations, like where they go to Arkham Asylum or 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 uh the the deeper slummy parts of the city. To 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 the, the training sections. Again, it just feels like a more like 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 mythical world that feels at, at home with the Batman lore. Yeah, I wouldn't say the story of uh young billionaire uh <laughs> going on a quest to a shaman temple and training with ninjas for a year uh, before going home and fighting a guy with a scarecrow mask. While dressed as a bat. Yeah, while dressed as a bat. <laughs> Isn't necessarily a, a gritty, realistic story. And I think you go back and you read the Wikipedia description mm-hmm. for Batman Begins and you're like, oh yeah, this is kind of silly. Yeah, like of course. They call themselves the League of Shadows? Yeah. That's a real thing. Yes. And even, you know, we see the Dark the Dark Knight has spoiled us, is really what it is. Yeah, I know. Because the Dark Knight doesn't have any of that bullshit. No. They convince you that the Joker is a domestic terrorist. Yes, that, exactly. That, that, that's a recognizable face. Mm-hmm. If someone like the Joker got a little bit of power in New York City, he would wreak just as much havoc. Exactly. There's, there's exactly. no League of Shadows. There's no Super Ninjas. There's no billionaire uh, Wonder Boy training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh even like they they get rid of the Batcave, don't they? Yeah. They turn the Batcave into just an underground bunker. Yeah, where Bruce much. Wayne keeps some military equipment. Yeah, and he he has like a couple computers. That's about it, you know. Right. There's none of that shit. And this movie, still, you can tell they hadn't put their entire body in the water yet. They were just dipping their toe. Yes. They were gonna tell a Batman story, but they were gonna keep it a bit gritty and a bit edgy. Mm-hmm. Um. And even Dark Knight Rises goes back in the other direction. Yeah. You know? So, Dark Knight, I think, is the only movie that if you take away the Batman character, if you take away the Bruce Wayne character, it just works as a run-of-the-mill action thriller. I agree. It's more a Michael Mann movie than it is a Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're 100% right, though. This one combines the two in a very compelling way. Yeah. And that's, again, that's kind of what draws me to it more. Yeah. There's something about it that feels a little more flavorful, and I can kind of latch onto that more. In it, in a way, it feels more unique, mm. especially next to the other two, which feel like companion pieces in a in a weird way. And I, I don't know, I just love the novelty that this movie creates, and mm. I I generally like that in a lot of movies that that set up. In, and I, I don't love origin stories all the time, but this one does it in a way that feels kind of authentic. Sure, again, while still feeling true to Batman. Well, so, you have the detail where he's about to kill the mob boss or the the yeah. the, the, the mafia rat, I mm-hmm. should say, that killed his parents. Yep. And so you get closure on that immediately, or you get sort of a lack of closure on it immediately. Mm-hmm. It addresses that head on. Yeah. It doesn't just tease you with the same montage over and over and over no. again of the Wayne's falling to the ground and the pearls yeah. uh uh breaking apart when it hits the pavement. You know, you just get to it. That's the origin. Now we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a unique take. I don't know how accurate it is to the source material. Very accurate. The actually. League of Shadows was a real thing in the I, comics? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge Liam Neeson fan in this. Uh, I like Killian Murphy a lot, though. I, I do, too. But I think as far as the villains are concerned, it's a little... It's not as compelling as... Uh, the Joker, even really Bane for that matter. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. I like that mixture. It's not. It's not. I wouldn't call it bad at all. Right. I I do enjoy Liam Neeson's presence as Ra's al Ghul. I th- I honestly feel like the the Scarecrow in this is uh you know a little mitigated a bit. 
Yeah. He's not nearly as strong to me as, as uh, Liam Neeson in this movie. Sure. I, I, I remember seeing it and always wishing that I had more of the Scarecrow in the movie because he's not really in it all that much. Yeah. He's just sort of a side. Well, he's kind guy. of a henchman, yeah, too. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. He's which just is, working for Roz. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't, know, I don't know if that's how the Joker's portrayed in the comics. It doesn't really matter to me, though. Yeah. I mean, I just don't find that stuff to be particularly compelling. I mean, that's the thing that holds me up. It's the, the villainous plot that they're doing. It's like, we're going to take over. We're going to essentially destroy the city by making everyone go insane. And it's, it's, you've seen that time and time and time again. And they're going to destroy it because it's been overrun with sin? Is that the idea? Yeah. It's like, okay, wait, that's a, that's a broad, very, very loose motivation right. that you're just coming up at, at, off the top of your head out of your ass but right. whatever it's mustache twirling shit I know. again it's like okay whatever right um but it's, that, well that's the difference though between this and dark knight is dark knight i buy that logic mm-hmm. I, I buy it entirely there's not a lot of leaps of faith i have to make no uh in this one they haven't quite figured it out yet yep. they do end up figuring it out mm-hmm. but batman begins it's still in its early stages and it's important to recognize in 2005 a movie like this is quite inventive and quite unique and yep. uh revolutionary dare i say oh god absolutely you know? and uh it, I mean, most specifically i guess for that for that approach to a material like this but you're right that it's sort of trying to figure out its identity in a weird way yeah i mean the action sequences for sure i mean some of them are very good the hand-to-hand stuff is not it's very darkly lit. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's very hard to follow what's going on. And there's times where I don't mind it where it's supposed to be like, oh my God, what's what's going on? Like where he's first revealing himself as Batman. Right. I like the approach to that, but then like every fight scene is just that. And it's like, okay, well that doesn't work. It's like quick cutting, close up nonsense and I can't tell what's going on. Well, it's supposed to be disorienting when he fights the Scarecrow because... That makes sense to me. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's times where he's fighting more than ninja people and it's the same problem. It's like, you're using that same approach for every single fight scene yep. and it just, it's 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 impossible. It just doesn't work. It's True. better It's better when he's hooked to the train and he's, like, flying across it. That's... It, awesome right it's better when he's you know flying across the rooftops in the batmobile which is awesome you know just you know a lot of what makes batman compelling in in, in the action scenes are the hand-to-hand combat sequences right. and they're just kind of okay well i'm not a huge hand-to-hand combat guy when it comes to movies like i'm not a huge fan of putting the camera right in the face of the person that you're fighting mm-hmm. and shaking it too much like yeah i, I know that's uh, an effect that a lot of filmmakers relish um they enjoy the sensation of you being with the person as they're in the heat of battle. I'm more of a, eh, let's pull the camera away and let's really see what's going on. You would love Jackie Chan movies, man. Yeah. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, you would. You okay. would, you would have a fucking blast if we ever get to, I don't, I don't know if we've ever done the year of police story, but you would love seeing that shit. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some of the best choreography that's ever been done. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I like the John Wick movies so yeah. much. Oh. I can understand what's going on. Think of John Wick, but jacked up to like 10 and that's a Jackie Chan movie. Nice, dude. Great. Nice. And it's inventive and fun and funny. It's you would, you'd love it. Yeah. I'd love it. I love that stuff a lot. And actually once Nolan gets to Dark Knight, he does make that transition because yeah. the action sequences in Dark Knight are a lot more coherent. Yes, I agree. And that's something that everyone picked up on and one of the reasons why it's cited as one of the greater action films ever made right because it refined that and it understood what people were really looking for and what worked better I'm just, it just works better right um yeah not a perfect movie no but a massively important movie mm-hmm. and look i remember when i first saw it and i was like it wasn't the same sensation i had walking out of dark knight but i did have the sensation of oh <laughs> wait a minute 
these movies can be like this. And then I saw Dark Knight and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what they were trying to do last time. Yeah. Exactly. And now they finally did it. Yeah, Like these movies can be movies. Right. And mean something and have something more to say. Yeah. Dark Knight especially. Yeah. But the other, the other thing I love about this movie more than the other two is I actually like. Katie Holmes. Well, yeah, I like Katie Holmes. Yes. I love her in this. I also like Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah. And I like him as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I think it's the best balance that this trilogy ever struck mm-hmm. because it gets more complicated and more troublesome for every entry. Right. And yes, I, I, I cannot get enough of him as both characters in this. Well, there's not a lot of Bruce Wayne in part two and there's not a lot of Batman in part three. <laughs> you know, like it's yep. a little bit skewed. Part two, the Joker is the star of that movie. Yeah, precisely. Um, and Batman happens to be the guy in the cape making him pay Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in part three it's like what batman has has like 25 minutes of screen time i know he's barely in it i don't mind that it's okay if you're if the character doesn't have like that much screen time necessarily but you have to really earn that right and well i guess we're about to get to this feels like a good time to transition let's talk the dark knight rises from 2012 (laughs) yep also written and directed by christopher nolan with christian bale michael caine gary oldman however this time Anne hathaway tom hardy Marion Cotillard, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Morgan Freeman. Eight years after the Joker's reign of... It's eight years after? Yeah. Reign of anarchy? Batman, with the help of the enigmatic Catwoman, is forced from his exile to save Gotham City, now on the edge of total annihilation from the brutal guerrilla terrorist Bane. Uh... <laughs> can't wait for this. Uh, you go first. Uh... Here's the best way I can describe it. I, when I first saw this movie, I was like, yeah, that was good. But something feels off. Yeah. And that and my thoughts on the film shaped day by day by day by day to the point where I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if it's all that great. I don't think it's a bad movie like some people will claim, but it has got so many issues. Uh, I think it's a not good movie. That's fine. I'll say that. Mm. That's fine. I'll say it right here. Yeah. And but look, I did a fair amount of lying to myself in my younger years. It's not. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But <laughs> it's not. It's not very good, Adam. Yeah. It's not a very good movie. I'm sorry. Look, I saw this <laughs> thing the night it came out, and you probably loved it. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because I was in high school, and it was. Yeah, the most excited I had ever been for a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, by a mile. And probably to this day was the most anticipated movie of my life. And you're bound to be fairly satisfied walking out of it. Yeah. It's just, again, but it is a prime example of a movie where once you reflect on it, you're like, oh no. Right. Oh no, that doesn't make sense. Well, what you realize, because it's on cable quite a bit, is you never stop and watch it when it's on TV. No. So that's the dead giveaway. I never rewatch this movie. Yeah. Um, it's deeply whatever to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's concerning. I love Anne Hathaway in it. Yeah. Can I say a positive thing? Let me say all the positive things I can say about Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle is really good. I was shocked how good she was. Yep, I agree. Um, because I remember the hype being like, oh, Anne Hathaway's going to play Catwoman? She's going to be sexy and mysterious yeah. and villainous? I think it's good. She pulls yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. She has the best performance of the movie. Um, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Um, I don't love where the character goes, but I like what they were going for. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of my list. I don't like anything else about this movie. Yeah. I hate the fucking 
underground prison that they lead Bruce in for mm-hmm. 90 minutes at a time. Yep. Absurd. This movie is just overrun by Bane for an hour. It's a Bane movie for an hour. Yeah, I know. There's just no Batman in it. Batman just goes away. <laughs> Do you like Bane? No, I don't like Bane. <laughs> of course I don't like Bane. I find Bane totally underwhelming. Yeah. And that should not be the case when you have Tom Hardy in the... Come on. It's Tom Hardy. Yeah. They could put anything in front of Tom Hardy's face and he's always been good except in this movie. I guess the best way I can describe it is that the Bane character has its moments. I, I love when in the final fight where he just gets really pissed off and he's fighting him and he's trying to survive and Batman just keeps one-upping him. Yes. And I like how scary he is when he's talking to... Uh, Tom Mendelson is that that guy's name? Ben Mendelson. Ben Mendelson, and he breaks his face like stuff, like little moments like that, or 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 the fight in the sewer where he breaks his back. I I don't mind that aside from a. Few. I like the airplane at the beginning when he's in the airplane and he they they like hang it upside down. Uh, I like that action sequence. Even that has a little like like questionable choices where I'm like, uh, what that that was weird, like threatening a guy like like kind of what like what bane says it's like perhaps uh what does he actually say perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane and i'm like you know what like like i know that's a nice line but it's actually a good point (laughs) it actually (laughs) represents the whole movie for me it's like yeah wait why would you even think why would you even make that decision why would you think that that's a good idea movie The plot in this movie is a fucking travesty. Oh, it's a mess. It is. It's the messiest. I might go to as far to say it's the messiest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, apart from movies that are just blatant messes like Suicide Squad. Yeah. But you feel bad for that. It's like it didn't know any better. Sure. This is a case where it's like Christopher Nolan. What the hell were you doing? You should have known better. Yeah. You're like slapping him across the face. Right. It's like, dude, come on on dude it's it's like this is the best you could come up with right and i'm sorry but like i I don't batman has never been it's been a while since batman had been that bad to me yeah i don't care about batman in this movie i don't care about uh his story or where he goes his his arc if you even want to call it an arc i don't care about bruce wayne it's just it's just like he's it's eh. yeah it's eh. it's whatever i didn't realize that nolan didn't intend on doing a trilogy did you know this no. So he made the first two movies. I always assumed that three was the plan. Okay. But I guess he was fine after part two. Okay. He wasn't itching to do a part three, and the studio asked him to do it. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the exact quote. He goes, uh, on a more superficial level, I have a question. How many good third movies in a franchise can people name? And you know what? Great point, Chris Nolan. Maybe you should have stayed away. I know they backed the, the money truck. You know, Mr. Moneybags from Monopoly came out of the front and just gave you dumpsters full of cash. Yeah. But maybe you do stop. Just do Inception from here on out. So it wasn't an organic conclusion to the series. They didn't know where it was going. And you can feel that. Yeah. I I think there was, uh, at one point, I'm sure there was a meeting early on that the Joker would return before Heath Ledger died. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's a reason why they kept the Joker alive at the end of part two. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he would have played some sort of role. But I remember the buildup of like, who's the villain going to be? And the studio really wanted the Riddler. And I think Robin Williams was going to be the Riddler. Oh, yeah. Heard, yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, that was a big, like a big point of discussion for like a long time that people wouldn't shut up about. They and, wanted the Riddler really bad. Yeah. And then we all realize, and then it's Bane. And then we all look up to see who Bane is. Sure. And then everyone's like, oh, I'm a Bane fan now. Right. Right. <laughs> this is th- so that I mean I just think the whole thing was ill-conceived from the jump. You know yes. what I'm saying? 
the and the, the whole thing is ill conceived. The, the the motivations are a little off. It's also I hate to say it, if if I'm to trace back my Nolan skepticism, this is the movie that really pushed me over the edge and really made me like ugh, just really i just find nolan fans reprehensible and it, <laughs> and it and it completely traces back to this movie yeah because the the, the defense for this movie it took me about uh, did you like it when it first came out i thought it was okay when it first came out and like like i said my reaction was oh it's good but something feels off right and it took me about two three weeks to realize it's not that great yeah again i i really don't think it's a bad movie it's not i mean well it's technically proficient yeah but it it doesn't like piss me off it doesn't piss me off the way like interstellar pisses me off yeah but is from from when i actually reflected on how awful the story was i'm like yeah it's hard for me to defend this film i don't think it's bad but it's definitely not good that's how i feel about the film yeah i don't entirely blame nolan i guess is my point no you know i because but it's a nolan it's a nolan film no it is it is that's the thing well I really do think that. Oh, so you think that some of his flaws in other movies have worked their way into this one? Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Oh, God, absolutely. Like it's, what? It's part, I mean, his his need for, for scale over story is just egregious here. And that's a big issue I have with Interstellar and Dunkirk. Yeah. Where it's just like, I feel like the, the, the scale and the presentation of, of these big climactic events happening every other minute to, you know, it completely overshadows what what substance should be there, and it's something he was not lacking in. At least Batman Begins, certainly not, and definitely not The Dark Knight. Yeah, he was allowed to be claustrophobic in those original movies. Yeah, precisely. And this one is just, a massive fight sequence happening in broad daylight the in whole, the middle of Gotham. I mean, the whole thing just feels like one elongated fight sequence, right? And I, I guess you can do that. I mean, I, I, one sustained idea is not impossible, but. I mean, when you're at the same time, he's also trying to juggle a, an unnecessarily complicated story here. Yeah, and it's just like if you had just simplified this just a little bit more, man, you might have had something that could have been regarded with those first two movies. But you don't need Marion Cotillard. Is no, the thing. and you don't need any of that. Oh my God! It's like, I, and now that's something I always hated. I remember seeing this movie and being like, "What the hell were they thinking when they put that?" And like, I remember saying, "Like, yeah, I liked it." And this, I got, I got issues here and here and there, but like that one subplot is just unforgivable. Right? Like, why would you even bother investing in that? Right? You just didn't need another villain. You didn't need to reintroduce the Ra's al Ghul storyline. No. It's like, we don't care. Yeah. We don't give a shit about half the things that are, even Bane being part of the, the League of Shadows. It's like, I thought we forgot about that. Right. And he, doesn't he even appear in this movie, Liam Neeson? In like Briefly. a flashback? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, he's, or Bruce is hallucinating and he hears him like from beyond the grave or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just don't need any of that stuff. Um, I think a better version of this movie... I think this is Nick. I'm going to credit Nick for this idea. He wanted them to do the penguin early on. And I think it actually should have been the penguin. Mm-hmm. I think you make the penguin some sort of rich political figure. You, you don't have to make him like DeVito. You don't have to make him like Burgess Meredith. You can make a compelling version of the penguin. Don't You don't have to call him the penguin. Just call him Oswald and make him the mayor of Gotham. And then just set, you know set the story in the political landscape of Gotham City. Right. And you can maybe throw Catwoman in there, too, if you want. But the whole uh, Bane breaking the back and then you put him in the ditch for half the movie and then Gotham is they seal all the Gotham citizens in by destroying all the bridges and 
then you bring the scarecrow back. He becomes like a judge. Remember the scarecrow becomes a judge mm-hmm. and he just declares everyone guilty and just is killing people willy nilly. It's just, and it, that's it, so on the nose and it's for too much. Yes. You need less. Yes. You need to pull back and simplify this story. Yeah. The dark Knight, kind of a convoluted story, but at least there's a, there's a easy path to follow. It's Harvey Dent. Good guy becomes bad guy. And the Joker is the is the catalyst for that change. Mm-hmm. Here, there are like three to four different character motivations from the villains, and none of them make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find, like, as you said, it's one of the most convoluted, messy movies I've ever seen. Um, and I just have a big problem with it on that level. And I, I can't help but think there were too many cooks in the kitchen. I oh, felt God, like yeah. Warner Brothers really wanted this to happen. They got Nolan to agree to do one more. They had to do Robin. They had to do Catwoman. Uh... And they needed to wrap up the, everything between Bruce and Alfred and stop. It's the fan service notes that feel like the studio influence more than anything. But the filmmaking and the storytelling is Nolan through and through. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's ever f- fully figured it out. Yeah. Me per- me personally, I have not seen Nolan prove to me that he's a good, uh, a good writer, at least. I think The Dark Knight's a fairly well-written film. Fairly. It's not like a immaculately written. Well, film, the, the the script is not the star of that movie. No, exactly. Right, his direction is, but serviceable is what I'm saying. And like like when he tries to go that big and complicated, it just becomes a, a, like kind of a disaster. Yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah, man. It's 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 a problematic film. <laughs> it's a it's, very problematic film. Yeah. I haven't watched it a lot since it came out, and that's very telling. Yep. It's very telling that you don't revisit it ever because and, it's not really a Batman movie. Batman's barely in it. I know. And I guess, again, it's it's one of those movies. I just get so sick of people trying to defend it. It's like, guys, like I, if you come on the side of... I don't think people do defend it, though. I do come across people who defend this thing. Really? I really do. Yeah. And I just don't get it. It's like if they at least came to me and said like, yeah, I don't I don't think it's terrible, but it's, you know, it's it's kind of like whatever. If, if they at least said it's whatever, I'd be like, okay, fine. But... People are still like, no, that third one is actually really, really good. I'm like, no, it's not. Tom Hardy's a big problem. Yeah. You can't blow that character. That character fell flat. Yeah. His voice, (laughs) the overdubbing. Well, that was the problem, too, that he did the dialogue on set behind the mask, and people in test screenings couldn't understand him. I know. So they brought him back to redub the dialogue, and it sounded even worse. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. It was awful. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you know, what a shame. Oh, Batman! What a st- <sighs> how do you blow it? You have Tom Hardy. I know. You have one of our great actors on the planet playing your villain. Well, how does Tom Hardy fall flat in a Batman movie? <sighs> I don't know. Such a miss. I mean, the the inti- I like Anne Hathaway. And the entire Pittsburgh Steelers, they get blown up. So that's always cool. <laughs> Yay for me. Well, that's a common theme every offseason, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they got a win last night. Did you watch them last yeah, night? Yeah, I saw They that. beat the Bengals. Yeah, that's a problem. They beat the fucking Bengals. They're one and three. Who gives a shit? Congratulations. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't like this movie. Yeah, I don't like it either. Okay. It's not my least favorite Christopher Nolan film, and I, I just still don't think it's his worst. Hmm. Uh, let's have it out. <laughs> let's have it out. Let's just do this. Um, you want Batman Begins? I want Batman Returns. Is that where we're at right now? No. Oh no. I want Batman. Oh no. I want Batman. Oh no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
as much as I love Batman Begins, I don't. I'm not inducting another Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tim Burton's finding his way in the Movie Hall of Fame, one way or the other. Yeah, he is. It's about time. Well, let's talk about this. Yeah. We? Okay. <laughs> well then, um, I, my argument for Batman Returns is similar to what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it's more Tim Burton. Than the original Batman, I guess. And so I figure, like, if we're gonna induct a movie into the Movie Hall of Fame, let's make it one by an auteur. Let's go for it. Let's let's say something not only about the Batman series, but about this man's distinct vision. Because I don't think we're gonna let another Tim Burton movie in. Maybe. Well, we could. Yeah. Also, man, it's a bat cast. It is a bat cast. And I. Apart from The Dark Knight, in my opinion, this is the Batman film, and it's the most beloved, and it's the one that people revisit the most. I think it's much more iconic, if you're going based off of that. What's more iconic? I mean, the Joker and just Batman. Yeah, but the Joker came long before this, though. I don't care. People will still remember the vision in this movie before they remember anything in uh, Batman Returns. See, I've... I, I completely just if you're going to make an argument for Batman Returns being the more recognizable one I just don't well culturally because more people have seen it yes yeah. I'm with you on that but um, I, no man if I've seen both of these movies several times and the visual style of Batman Returns I find to be more distinct and, yeah. and ha- it, I think it has a longer staying power than the original does mm, and see that I don't know about that See that I, I I almost disagree with more like like your mileage is gonna vary depending on how much you love that world that you're set in in the dark or the uh, Batman Returns yeah and I like it in Batman Returns it's far more I guess it's more well realized uh, I I don't know if it fits the the what they were going for with this story as well as it does with Batman again Batman to me is that perfect balance that you rarely get like you could and to me it still feels like a Tim Burton film. So the fact that it strikes like that wonderful Sam Raimi balance with like Spider-Man. I just I I, I love that. Yeah. It doesn't feel and the, the the other thing about it is that it doesn't feel like Tim Burton's getting indulgent and holy shit, a Tim Burton movie where he's not getting indulgent. <laughs> yeah, but the indulgence works in Batman Returns. <sighs> like for, for all this talk, we want superhero movies to take chances. I know. We want superhero movies to have distinct autistic uh, autistic? <laughs> Autoristic okay. visions. I want the former, actually. <laughs> you know, we keep calling for Logan and, and Joker. Like, we say that's what we want. And Tim Burton gave us a version of that in Batman Returns and didn't in Batman. But see, no, I don't know. I, I feel like like what we said initially, people were surprised by this movie. It's clearly a vision. It, yeah. cl- it clearly has that staple of, oh my God, this is a person making a film here. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I, I just, it's, it's maybe a little more refined in Batman Returns, but some people would argue maybe to the film's detriment. I push back on that a bit, but again, it, I, I just appreciate that, 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 that that sweet spot that that first one found yeah. it still feels like oh yeah we're making something that is saying something and has a vision similar to something like logan or spider-man or the dark knight you know but yeah. again doesn't necessarily get indulgent about it and feels like a thorough like like seeped in batman batman movie well i so. think i would be the first person to say tim burton went overboard right I, I'm of all the t- movie nerds, you know, wouldn't I be the most sensitive to Tim Burton's Tim Burtonness? I guess. Right. 
And I was not sensitive to it in Batman Returns. So that should mean something. It does. You I, know? I agree. As, as the pH test here, I feel like I would be the first to tell you, oh, no, he went too far. I don't think he went too far at all. Mm-hmm. It's also, but again, like... Also, by the way... Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. If we're talking about, like, laying the groundwork for everything that's going to come, I mean, you, it, it to me, it does still stem back to that original Batman. In a way, you don't have a lot of things without that first Batman. I would also say you don't maybe don't have Christopher Nolan's Batman. Because yeah. this one at least says that we're it's, over. I think we're overrating that a little bit. Though. I don't know. I think this movie told people that it's possible. And all all I can say is that you know, the the, the response to Batman Returns, it may, maybe it went a little overboard. Is all I'm saying. Also, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, but frankly, we don't have any Christmas movies in yet, dude. When we do 1988, we'll be fine. I feel very strongly about Batman Returns. Yeah, I, I think the villains are better. I think the script is better. I think the direction is better. I just think everything about it is better. Okay. But as a Batman movie... It's better. No. I think the, the original Batman is a lot better. Are you going to let me have this one? I, no. Are you going to be a pal and let me have this one? Not really. <laughs> you going to be a pal? you going to be a friend? No. I'll- How many times have I given it to you? Remember when I let Alien in over Apocalypse Now? Remember when I did that for you? I, I did that for you because I cared about you as a person. That that's a closer argument, though. And I knew how much you loved <laughs> Alien, and I did it for you. Yep, yep. I didn't do it for the movie Hall of Fame. I did it for you. I, I you know, I also, uh, you know, I recently for the movie Hall of Fame, I let in the Big Lebowski over. Um, you did um, Saving Private Ryan, and I and I allowed you to have Boogie Nights, even though I pushed back on that. Did not push back on that. You'd love Boogie Nights. I love Boogie Nights. What the fuck are you talking about? You wanted Boogie Nights in too. I love Boogie Nights, but I don't think it was the correct decision. You didn't want to nominate Titanic that year. <laughs> that don't was, start with me. That was fun though. Mm. All right, what's it gonna take, I big fella? What's it gonna take? I don't know. What's it gonna take? I, name your price. I don't know. What do you mean, name my price? Name your price. Do you want full autonomy next week? How's that? I think I think w- with our criteria, you kind of have to go with uh, that first Batman. I think if we're getting rid of the other ones, it wins outright. I thought we're changing the criteria. Where are we? Ch- oh, we're just saying impact has more power than all the than the other two. Oh, I remember you. Com- you and a certain other podcast co-host who shall not be named was complaining about the criteria. Well, we well the co-host <laughs> that person was talking specifically about how we didn't put enough importance into impact. Here's what I feel like. We're not putting enough importance into quality. That's like, shouldn't a, we pick the best movie? I. But this is another thing, though. Like, again, best movie, I don't know about these two. It's very close, man. I don't I, think it is. I, I, think, I think one is a more distinct film. And when I look to film, I look for something with a unique vision and a unique voice and style. I just think if I'm looking to Batman, but that also feels like it has like a, a, a more distinct Batman vision, but Tim Burton vision at the same time, I feel like that first movie strikes a better balance and feels more special because of that. Whereas the second one just feels like another Tim Burton If film. I give you full autonomy next week, will you let me do Batman Returns? Uh, I don't want full autonomy next week. <laughs> I don't want, no, not really. I'll let you have full autonomy. I don't care. All right, fine. We'll All do right. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> In the movie Hall of Fame. I like Batman Returns, by the way. I don't I have to stress that. It's very good. It's sorely underrated. I, 
you know, I, th- I feel like if you're stacking up the Batman movies, though, we have the Dark Knight and you don't have this one in there. It's a little strange. It definitely had an impact. Um, people underrate it because we, you know, we, we put a lot of stock into X-Men and then yeah. Sam Raimi Spider-Man's as kicking off the superhero boom. No. But yeah, you don't have any of that if you don't have the original Batman series. Yeah. It's either it's like the Superman movies, kind of, but even more so with this, in my opinion. It's really the first theatrical movie That's to take superheroes seriously. Like, really seriously, though. Yeah. Because I think those first Superman movies, as good as they are, you could be like, well, they're sort of like, like, they're leaning closer to Adam West's Batman, even though they're not that, but they're leaning closer to that than they are this version of Batman. Right. Okay. I'll give it to you. I don't think it's a bad choice, Nico. But my heart's really with Batman Returns. I know, I know. I adore that movie. Let's speak out to Zach. Zach, I know you don't like this movie, and you're wrong. It's a good movie. (laughs) Zach is so off on that. Yeah, he really doesn't like it, doesn't he? I mean, I should take Zach's opinion seriously, because he loves Batman more than you and I do. Anybody. Yeah, I think anybody that I know. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly... This is one subject I will listen to Zach's opinion. I just think he's wrong. (laughs) I just don't think he's right. Uh, All right, so... Next week, mm-hmm. we'll do Joker. Yep. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I hope it'll be fun. If we're still alive, of course. Maybe we'll talk El Camino, too. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That comes out yeah. a week from Friday. Do you want to try to get your bureau for that? Yeah. Let's try to get your bureau for that. Yeah, let's let's yeah, let's yeah, do that all in one week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be... Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good. It'll be a complicated week. We'll see if we can, <laughs> we'll see if we can squeeze that in. Man. Culture is just like taking it up to another gear now. I know. Well, you know what's happening too is the Irishman is uh, is <laughs> it's changed everything. I know it's changing everything. We'll, we'll see. Have you seen Guillermo del Toro's tweets about the Irishman? No. Oh my god, he was so laudatory about it. Oh well, okay. yeah. All right, all right. But like in a real like profound way. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right, all right. Yeah, I like that's a better review of a film that I've read about, you know, in a long time. Okay. That's a really that's really good film criticism on Guillermo del Toro's Twitter feed. He's good at that though. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's always been that way. Yeah, he's a great movie fan. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Irishman's coming up soon. We got Joker, we got El Camino. Uncut Gems. <laughs> Uncut Gems. <laughs> Holy shit, that trailer is awesome. Dr. Sleep's around the corner. I know. No, yeah, we got some good stuff coming up. How long people are going to be talking about this, these movies? Probably not going to be very long, because no one talks about movies anymore. But Joker's going to have some legs, don't worry. I hope so. Get if, ready, it's going to be four months of the Joker. If it doesn't have legs, then cinema's done forever. That's it. Jo- Joker's going to be there for a while. Yep. And I think The Irishman is too. All right, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to talk, though, about the year 1962, two mm-hmm. weeks from now. Yes, That's what we've decided. So we're going to draft that now, and that'll give us two weeks to catch up, because okay. a lot of these movies I have not seen. So let's do this. All right. Who wants to go first? I will. Uh, oh, I don't care. What do you want to do? Well, you, I gave you autonomy, so you can go first if you right. want. Um, I will do uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Good. Lawrence of Arabia, of course. Uh, Doctor No Okay The Longest Day Okay We'll go Manchurian Candidate here Great And Lolita Okay Alright Apologies to the man who shot Liberty Valance Yeah 
Uh, but I think that's a good list. I think it is as well. Okay. You have how many movies to watch? Uh, uh, I got to see uh, your, 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 what would you just say? The it Longest was? Day. Yeah. And how? I actually have to see Dr. No. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Okay. How long has it been since you've seen Lawrence of Arabia, by the way? It's been a while. I saw it when the first AFI... No, what what year would that have been? 2011? It's been a long time. Okay. It's been at least eight years. You don't have to rewatch. I would appreciate it if you did, but you, you don't movie. have to. It's okay. It's a long movie. I just know your feelings on the movie. I'd be like, <laughs> just watch it again. At this age, just watch it again. Okay. I'll do my... Well, I have two weeks. I was going to say, try your best. Okay. So, 1962, we're going back in time yet again. Lawrence of Arabia, the Manchurian candidate to kill a mockingbird, Lolita, Dr. No, and The Longest Day. One of those six movies into the Movie Hall of Fame in two weeks. Until then, mm-hmm. we're done. Yep. Check out the site, too many thoughtsmedia.com or tmt.media for short. Nick Evangelista has been hard at work. Yeah. That code monkey. Just, I feel bad for him. Just toiling away, Ugh. working on the back end it's of the like, website. Like thinking about his life makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great, though. Check out the site. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's done a great job. Hey, yeah. Hats off to you, Mr. Evangelista. Newly rebooted. I've been working on actually a physical presence for the Movie Hall of Fame. Okay. On that site. Like, I'm, I've been playing around with the code a little bit. Oh, and trying to put, like, every movie we've ever inducted. Yeah, I want there to be, like, a homepage for people so they can navigate around. Ah, I see. You know what I mean? Where they can actually see it visually. It's not just a bunch of episodes. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm working on that. That, that, I'd say within the next two or three weeks or so. Because I think one of the cool things about this show is that now, for the next five years, there will be at least 15 minutes of us talking about a specific movie. Mm -hmm. So, you have a bunch of, like, mini episodes in there. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of a cool database to be like, oh, I want. I just watched uh, Three Days of the Condor for the first time. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to this audio review of Three Days of the Condor. Well, that's a complicated little edit you'd have to do, but it'd, yeah. be, it'd be fun, though. Yeah, I'm working on it. We'll All see right. where it goes. Okay. Um, but that's that. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. We'll be back talking more Batman next week. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it's Batman month. It is. It's Bat-tober. Uh, <laughs> You got too many names for your months. You know that? Uh, Not enough, I say. And until next time. The obvious. (gasps) I'm Batman.